1: Hey everybody, welcome to Take Off with John Clark presented by Live Casino Hotel Philadelphia and it is playoff week. The Eagles have a divisional playoff game at the link against the Giants. That's right, big rivalry game. The Eagles are 5-0 all time in divisional home games in team history. Who better to talk about the great rivalry with the Giants and this big playoff game than the Eagles broadcaster play-by-play broadcaster for 46 seasons, the legendary Merrill Reese. No one currently doing NFL games has done them longer than Merrill Reese. So enjoy this. It is playoff time. All right, Eagles-Giants, one of the great rivalries in the NFL. Merrill Reese is the longest tenured NFL broadcaster, 46th Season. I thought it was 96. <laughs> <laughs> well, it might be. 46 season covering yeah. the Eagles. Um, for you, Eagles-Giants in the playoffs. How special is that? Philly, New York. I think it's great. I think it's very special. Although they've met four times in the playoffs before, each team's won two. Well, the Eagles have won the last two, right? Yep. And it's kind of interesting, Merrill, because those years where they won the Super Bowl, They were kind of average in the regular season and the Eagles would beat them in the regular season and then Eli Manning would turn into a different quarterback. They won their Super Bowls. For you, is it Eagles-Cowboys or is it Eagles-Giants?
0: Well, to be honest with you, it will always be Eagles Cowboys. But Eagles Giants is still a great rivalry that goes back to nineteen thirty three and it's it's still very, very exciting. But you know, you, you talk to Eagles fans all over the city. The the real vitriol, the real the real rival is those Jerry Jones
1: people. Yep, and, and look, I mean Back when Dawkins was playing and Ike Reese, guys like that, they would say their rival was the Giants because they were more competitive back then. But the Giants are back to being the Giants. I mean, Brian Dayball's done a great job. (laughs) What are you seeing in this game? Because the Giants are coming off a good win in Minnesota. They are. Um, before that, though, in the, in, they were 6-1, and
0: one, and then over the last 10 games, they only won three. But what I saw in the Minnesota game was a different team, and I saw an emerging star quarterback. I always liked Daniel whoa, whoa, Jones. Star? Star. Star quarterback. Star quarterback. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. Wow. Yeah. That's saying uh, listen, a lot. Listen, I liked him when I saw him at Duke. I I thought he was a very good quarterback there, and I wasn't surprised when the Giants drafted him in the first round. And I know that was controversial, but uh, I I think he is emerging. Uh, I think Daniel Jones will develop very quickly into a top 10 quarterback. That's the Daniel Jones I watched last week in Minnesota and I don't think it's just a one game thing. What he had to do John was eliminate the turnovers which had hurt him in the past and also he wasn't durable last year I think he had a neck problem that actually threatened his career. But uh, Daniel Jones is is getting better and better and better. What doesn't he have? He's bright, he's big, he's got a big arm. And hes he doesn't look as fast as some of the running quarterbacks, but he takes these long strides like you do, and he's able <laughs> to pick up gaping yards. So he's, he's a very, very talented quarterback who will only get better.
1: He's good running with the football other than the game here at the link where he... Uh... Bid it probably on the whatever <laughs> tour tripped on a, yeah. Well, at least these yard lines are pretty high like, <laughs> at the length, so he did take a tumble. The grass monster. Now, here's an interesting thing, because Daniel Jones, when you look over his year, he obviously has improved with Brian Dayball, mm-hmm. less turnovers. And, and Mike Kafka.
0: Yeah. who is his quarterback coach. Oh, he's Actually, he's the offensive coordinator. But former Eagles quarterback, backup quarterback Mike Kafka, is a very bright guy, came out of Northwestern, and he's worked some magic with Daniel Jones.
1: Yeah, now I will say, most of the games, you know, he was probably like 15 of 20 or something like that, 160, 170 yards passing. But to me, you know, he's only gone over 300 yards passing three times this year. Two games against that Vikings defense, which is not good pass defense and then the Lions who gave up a lot of points as well but you think Daniel Jones can throw it well do you think he'll be able to do that against the Eagles who are the best pass defense in the well, NFL well I don't
0: know that he's going to have the kind of game that he did against the Vikings for the Eagles sake we all hope that he isn't because he set a record there with 300 passing guards and 77 rushing yards so that's a that's a record and he's done a great job so he's not going to get the time to pass against the Eagles that he had against the Vikings. The Eagles' pass rush is a lot more prolific. Don't forget, the Eagles led the entire world in sacks this past season, almost by 20 sacks. Yeah. So they, they have a great pass rush. There's no doubt about that. But they've also got to play contain because he is capable of running up the middle and running for big chunks of yards.
1: Yeah, in that first game up at MetLife, he only ran four times. The Eagles did a good job containing him. Mm-hmm. I think they're saying, hey, we're in the playoffs now. We're going to do everything we can. He ran 17 times I know. in that game against the Vikings, I think for, what, seven first downs? Yeah. So that's very impressive. Um, how do you stay contained? What, what is the responsibility of those ends and, and also linebackers and safeties?
0: You just have to play Good, solid, fundamental football, and that's what J.G., Jonathan Gannon, will tell you. you. You cannot come out of your lanes. You have to really stay with your responsibility, enough freelancing around and trying to be a hero. You, you stay
1: with the call defense and you do what you have to do. So this is the third time the Eagles will be facing the Giants in six games, mm-hmm. and I think Talking to Dallas Goddard, it actually helps the Eagles in the last regular season game that they really had a vanilla game plan. They didn't show a whole lot. Jalen Hurts was not running. You didn't have the read option and stuff like that. Do you think that helps because they haven't put everything out there in the two games against the Giants? Not really.
0: Not honestly. I honestly think every game stands alone. You know, there are clichés that are spoken so often that they become... Believable and, and people think it's it's a it's a law and it's and it's an actual fact. The fact of the matter is, in the over the years, the teams that have won the first two games during the regular season have won nine playoff games in that third meeting have won fifteen playoff yeah. games in, as opposed to nine losses yeah. they're fifteen and nine when they've met a team for the third time so you, you can't you, you hear all the time well it's very tough to beat a team three times in one season it may be tough, but it's actually more likely than losing to that team that you beat. Previously,
1: Yeah. What kind of game do you think this is going to be because it is between two familiar opponents? They really do know each other so well.
0: I just think it's going to be a good competitive game. I I don't see it being a domination on any side. I think the Eagles are the better team. I think they're obviously the better team. I think I I said that I think Daniel Jones is an emerging star quarterback. Jalen Hurts, to me right now, has put together a top five quarterback season. I mean, he's been outstanding, and he's back, and I think he's healthy. So I think, the listen, the Giants do not have great wide receivers. They have Isaiah Hodgins. He's pretty good. They have Darius Slayton. Sometimes he's pretty good. I think at one point late in the season, he went into the last game with six receptions. So there's a lot of injury there. They're okay. They don't have a tight end that can compare with the Dallas Goddard, not by any stretch of the imagination. Their guy is number 82, Daniel Bellinger. And uh, after that, they have Nick Vanette. So yeah. you're, you're not talking about all pro tight ends. Eagles have some great players. And I think along the lines, in almost every department, if you were to say advantage, you would come away with the Eagles. However, this is a Giants team that is very fired up, very inspired over a great performance against the Vikings, and one that is capable of making this a very competitive game. Will the Eagles win? I believe they will. Is it a lock? No. It's not a lot. You know what can happen in this league and how momentum can change and how a bad bounce here or a terrible call there. Uh, a lot of things can happen. I'm optimistic. I'm hopeful. I think we'll see a, a big Eagles game and then bring on the you-know-whos. But uh, we'll have to wait to see.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and you and I were out at practice and to see Jalen Hurts out there throwing, running, no restrictions, Done. and he's not on the injury report now, which was great news yeah. for this week. And even last week i was hearing that he would have been a full participant but they wanted to ease him back in so tell me what jalen hurts we're going to see out there are we going to see the 13 and 1 mvp caliber jalen hurts
0: yes that's the jalen hurts he should be the mvp he has meant more to this team than any other player and i know you're talking about great players like patrick mahomes josh allen did not have as good a season as he has had In other years, but I and you're talking about some great young quarterbacks in this league. But to me, nobody meant more to his team than the Eagles number one, Jalen Hurts. He should be the
1: MVP. And when you see what Wink Martindale did in the first game up at MetLife, uh, they could not stop the Eagles. The Eagles scored six touchdowns, rushed for over 250 yards. Most of that was in the second half. They passed a lot in the first mm-hmm. half and went up. Um, but Wink Martindale obviously changes things up. Since that game, he's changed up his defense a little bit. They're healthier. What do you think he's going to try to do against Jalen Hurts? He obviously loves to blitz.
0: Sure, he does like the blitz, uh, but Jalen Hurts is smart. He gets rid of the football very quickly, makes quick decisions. That's the biggest thing with Jalen Hurts. He's learned the NFL game. He can recognize defenses in a, in a nanosecond. So he's, he's very good about that, but certainly they are going to bring the Gi- You You can almost bet the house that the Giants are going to bring the Heat.
1: Yeah, and and that, I think, is the big difference. When I was watching Giants-Vikings, you know, first of all, the Vikings, as as we said, terrible pass defense. But the other thing is Kirk Cousins isn't mobile. So when you have the pressure, especially Dexter Lawrence, up the middle, he's been amazing this year Mm -hmm. for the Giants. When you have that pressure, and it even affected him on that fourth down throw, he had to get it out quicker. Jalen Hurts has that extra element.
0: He does. He does. So that's why I say I'm optimistic. But they're going to try some things. They, you mentioned Wink Martindale. He's he's an outstanding defensive coach. Uh, you talk about Dable. You talk about the people that they have brought in there. Uh, they're they're on the rise. They are on the rise. The Giants are going to be competitive for quite a few years to come. These are not the Joe Judge Giants. They're not the Pat Shermer Giants. This is a, and I'm not not belittling those coaches but i just think the Dable has made a big difference and the proof is in what we're watching right now
1: all right let's look at the betting lines powered by points bet how about boston scott in this eagles giants game is plus 375 wow he is of course known as the giants killer 10 of his 17 career touchdowns are against the giants he has three rushing touchdowns all of twenty twenty-two. Two of them are against the Giants, scored a rushing touchdown in each game. Wink Martindale, the Giants defensive coordinator, said he's not a giant killer. Well, Eagles fans would beg to differ. So, plus 375 Boston Scott to score a touchdown. By the way, like 35 to 40% of his career scrimmage yards are against the Giants. He is a giant killer. So, it's time to get your swagger on with PointsBet Sportsbook. PointsBet, your move. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanizes the disease of addiction. So download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. Yeah, and sometimes I think it's what we have seen last that people kind of, it resonates in their minds. So they see the Giants playing really well, and the Eagles haven't played as well Mm -hmm. their last two or three games. Jalen Hurts was hurt, Lane Johnson was out. Mm -hmm. This Eagles team, coming off a bye week, you see some of the veterans get rested and healthy, and the coaches have done a lot of self-scouting. What Eagles team do you think we're going to see? Do you think we're going to see that team that was rolling along until the last couple weeks?
0: Yeah, I do. I hope so. The only thing I I caution about is that I've watched the Eagles other times coming off a bye. And sometimes, sometimes there seems to be a little bit of rust that they have to shake off before they get going. The Giants are coming in with a lot of momentum, a full head of steam. Uh, The Eagles have got to come out as fast as they possibly can. But sometimes it doesn't happen right after that much time off. Let's face it. You had the Giants win. You had the Tennessee and the Giants games were two of the best that they had played. They could throw the Packers game into that too. Then you had the stretch where Jalen Hurts went down and they weren't having a great game in Chicago. They had to pull out the game against the Bears at the end. Of course, the weather had something to do with that also. But I think from from that point on, you had the two games where Jalen Hurts wasn't playing. Even though Gardner Minshew did a good job running the team in Dallas, but then they didn't have a good game at all. Again, and then they lost at the end. They could have won yeah. that game, and then they played a miserable game against the Saints, including the first 28 minutes, uh, where the Eagles or the the the, the Eagles the Eagles didn't, didn't no. The first drive was eight minutes and, yeah. and eight minutes and 58 seconds. The first drive by the Saints. You can't do that. You're going to have a great great crowd bulging at Lincoln Financial Field. Keep the crowd in the game. But I do, if you ask me about concerns, it's coming out fast
1: and sharp when you have had a bit of a lull. Yeah, and, and you know what, it's great you say that because I do think Jalen Hurts' his legs on offense. You know, we saw the Cowboys against the Bucks; They were three and out, three passes mm-hmm. to start their game Monday night. Then they rolled, but Jalen's legs, like if he has a third and five, maybe the first couple passes aren't that great. He can run for that first half, sure. and that kind of gets you going a little bit. Yeah, it's a big change. Yeah. How about your history of calls? Because in my mind, growing up here in this area, Going into your 46th season, some of your best calls have been Eagles-Giants games. What would be your top couple Eagles-Giants memories? See, that's nice of you to say, because I was
0: going to tell you that as a little boy, I used to watch you on Channel 10. Yeah, right. Maybe Al Meltzer. Maybe before, right. before the late Al Meltzer. Yeah. But, uh, but seriously, there, there have been so many, and the first one that was, was in my first full season, Remember, I, I came on as the play-by-play man. Well, you won't remember. The two games <laughs> to go in the 77 season, which was probably 46 years before you were born. But you go back to that November 19th, 1978 at Giants Stadium. Eagles weren't playing very well, and the game was just about over, and all Joe Pizarcic had to do was kneel down with the ball, and suddenly he started to kneel down on the ball, and, and, and then he did, went to it with a handoff, and they, it clanged off the hip of uh, larry zonka it was picked up by Herman edwards and that was the miracle of the meadowlands
1: how about that so that was miracle at the meadowlands one right and of course teams are a lot safer now with the kneel downs because of yeah, that they, that that's it they they do the victory formation <laughs> yeah so that's that's eagles giants le- legendary moment Miracle at the Meadowlands. Are there two or are there three the miracles? There lands. are only the two man.
0: miracles. Okay. And there, some people have tried to add three. There was one with a blocked uh, a blocked field goal attempt, and it was picked up, and uh, that was a crazy ending. And then there was one where Brian Westbrook, the Wizard of Westbrook, yeah. uh, it, it took one back, put a punt return back, and broke open the game. And that was amazing. And that
1: saved the season because they were, what, two and three or yeah, two and four? That was a
0: big one. That yeah. was a big one. Um, but the other, the real number two miracle, the mirror, real. Isn't it funny that the um, the first miracle of the Meadowlands was November nineteenth, nineteen seventy eight. If you want to throw the um, the Dawkins, uh, the uh, the Westbrook thing in there, uh, that also occurred at Giant Stadium, and that also, I believe, that was October nineteenth, and. Uh, of whatever year and and then the the last one was December 19th, 2010 (laughs) and the Eagles had a terrible first half and I think I said something like, the score at the half is the Giants, 23, the Eagles are still at the hotel. It was that bad. <laughs> and then they came out in the second half, and uh, Michael Vick put together the best 30 minutes of quarterbacking I've ever seen. Yeah. He, I mean, he took control. And they scored on a 64-yard pass to Brent Selleck, catch and run. Then they came back with an onside kick. David Akers kicked it, recovered by Riley Cooper. And they marched down again, and Macklin made a catch, and then there was another one, and Michael Vick scored on a quarterback draw a combination of passing and running by Vick was miraculous and then they they tied the game uh, with the pass to Jeremy Macklin inside the left pylon and the the kick was up and good and they were tied in Giant Stadium that had been uproarious before was so quiet you could hear a pin drop and the defense Stopped Eli Manning and the the Giants offense and they went back to punt and Mitch Dodge punted it And Deshaun Jackson looked up and he muffed it and he reached down and he picked it up and the Red Sea parted and there was a tremendous block thrown downfield by Jason Avant yeah, yeah. and up the middle went to Sean Jackson, and then he started to dance around at the one yard line. And I'm saying, I don't care if he falls, leaps, any get into the end zone. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the tape of that, I still get nervous every time I see it because you see a giant coming up with an angle on the Sean. And he's running sideways. And he's running sideways. And then he then he neatly slips into the end zone and the zeros were on the clock. But that
1: that's the real miracle number two. The official miracle to the metal Absolutely. And I remember Tom Coughlin running on the field. He was going to kill Mitch Dodge. And he's like, I think Dodge was like, you know, leaning over and, and Tom got down on a knee and looked up at him like, why did you why punch Why did you him? do that? Man? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so, so those are some of your best calls ever, Eagles-Giants, right?
0: Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree? Certainly, I, I'm not here to rate calls, but I will tell you that they're some of my favorite calls yeah. ever. There have been a few others.
1: Yeah. And, and then Eagles-Giants, if you think about it, Jake Elliott's kick where Carson Wentz actually bet him what, a couple hundred, I don't even remember what
0: he he bet him. But I know this, that the Eagles had lost their kicker, Caleb Sturgis, early in the season. And Howie Roseman wisely reached into the Bengals practice squad and plucked out this former tennis player,
1: Jake Elliott,
0: from Memphis. (laughs) Memphis University, Memphis, Memphis. And he got Jake Elliott. Jake Elliott comes here. And I think this was his second game as an Eagle. And uh, that was a great, great game against the Giants. Eagles behind. They came from behind. Now, remember, they had a fourth down. That was set up. That that whole thing was set up by a first down on a 17-yard pass to Alshon Jeffrey, and then in the final moments, it was a 61-yard attempt. And I can still remember watching it. And it was it, it came down, it went up, and then it was a line drive, and it cleared the crossbar, and it was through the uprights, and it was a 61-yard touch a, a field goal that I believe changed that entire season
1: yeah 2017 the season. they went they went on to win nine or ten straight yep. right mm-hmm. and then i mean without that win if the giants let's say win in overtime maybe they don't get the, the top seed and don't know and win the
0: super bowl you don't know but that was that was huge and you know what jake has been a great kicker ever since and as a matter of fact in that last giants game he accounted for what <laughs> he had five field goals yeah, five, five field he goals. he accounted for 19 points you're right. You're 19 right. of the 22
1: points. Yeah, the Eagles were not good in the red zone that day in the last regular season game. Uh, by the way, I mean, I also remember Donovan McNabb on the sideline of the Giants. He went over and actually picked up their phone up at MetLife Stadium. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. I mean, there's so many good Eagles-Giants <laughs> well, there memories. there were a lot.
0: Yeah. yeah I, I, you know what I remember most about that? And I, I say this with a lot of sentimentality. As the Eagles clinched that win... Um, I heard a bang, like bang, 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 bang. And I looked to my left, and the Eagles coach's box was right there. And with the biggest smile on his face, waving a cane, was Jim Johnson, who was the Eagles' great defensive coordinator and had so much to do with the success of that team. And that was the last time I really remember seeing Jim Johnson uh, because the following spring— he passed away. Great, great man. So I still think about that game. But more than Donovan picking up the phone, I think of the happiness that I saw in the face of the great
1: Jim Johnson. Oh, that's great. Uh, how many times have you seen some craziness going on in the coaching boxes up there? Because you, you, uh, some away stadiums, you're, you said you're right next to them. I have you seen, seen some yeah. pretty funny things? Yeah, we've, we've
0: <laughs> seen some things. I I once saw an owner come in and take over the phone and call the plays for the Baltimore Colts. Really? Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Calling down to the sideline? Calling down to the sideline. Obviously yeah. not a cell phone, if it's the Baltimore uh, no, Colts. No, he picked it was up one the coach's big... phone, and he's
0: calling these. It, it, was, it was Robert Irsay. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the, the father of the present owner. Yeah. Started, and, the, and the coach down there, he started calling planes into Mike McCormick, who was down on the
1: field. Some might say that's happening again now with Jim Irsay. I don't but. know what. The, <laughs> <laughs> I, I refuse to get into the Irsay family history, yeah. but I, I do know. I
0: remember, you, so you do see some things like that. And the Eagles are very lucky to have an owner... Who hires good people and lets them do their job? Jeffrey Lurie is a great owner.
1: So that's amazing. An owner calling down. How long was he actually holding the phone? I don't did that. Did he keep but, going but with he all was, the he was pretty unhappy. He, <laughs> <laughs> and listen, we see an owner in
0: Dallas who comes down on the sidelines quite a bit towards the end of games. Sometimes yeah, yeah. he's down there. Yeah, you know, uh, there, there are. That's a, an ownership that really is hands
1: on every aspect of that operation. Yeah. What's the toughest name you ever had to pronounce? Like all week you're looking at it and saying. Clark. (laughs) Clark. Clark always gives me trouble. (laughs) With a knee, not a Uh, knee. I I don't know.
0: We've had a bunch of Tatalatasis and uh, Halapulavati Vitaali. Oh, yeah. Big V? We've had Big V, but I never had a problem with that. And, of course, now we have... Too many people say my a lotta. Forget the A, it's my lotta. Not your lotta, my lotta. Yeah, you don't want to mess with him. He's a big guy. He's a great guy. Jordan, yeah. my is, but it's not my a lotta, it's Jordan, my lotta.
1: <laughs> well, you you want to get that right because he's what, 6'8, Six eight three fifty five
0: or 360,
1: yeah. Have you ever had a guy, I remember when. Placido Polanco came to play for the Phillies, and I asked him one time how to pronounce his name, and he said, Placido. Okay. Then he told Dan. Placido Domingo. Yeah, like Placido Domingo. And then Dan Baker asked him, and he says, It's Placido. Have you ever had, (laughs) like, have you ever gone up to players and say, I hear your name pronounced different ways? I always do.
0: do. Yes, so. so. I I always do. I always want to pronounce the name the way, not that it's spelled, uh, but the way the player wants it. Uh, pronounce Uh, if you ask Dick Vermeule about his quarterback at UCLA he will say John Shira and you remember John Shira he came to the Eagles and he did some punt returning and they brought him in as a third down option quarterback sometimes he was the MVP of the Rose Bowl and I said how would you like your name pronounced and he said John Shira and from that point on, he was always John Shire with me, but Dick would still refer to him. And a lot of people would call him John Shire. Wow. There was once a quarterback with the New England Patriots whose name was spelled Mike Taliaferro. OK, that, that was it was if you were to pronounce it just on the spelling, yeah. it would be Taliaferro. But he pronounced it Mike Tolliver. Really? Yes, he pronounced it Mike Tolliver, so see how it you was get Mike Tolliver.
1: <laughs> I don't see how you get that. Yeah. Have you ever had, uh, have you ever had an opponent get upset with uh, a call or anything, or the way you pronounce their name, or anything like that? Probably
0: not, because number one, I never demean an opponent or an eagle. I don't do anything. I, I call it as I see it if they make a bad play either side if there's a bad call john mike quick and i and even if that call went against the eagles uh well we'll say what we what we saw if that game if that game did not benefit if if the eagles got a great call that helped them and we didn't think it was the right call we will still say the eagles are fortunate because what we saw is that it went the other way. Yeah. We'll be honest. We'll yeah. be very, very honest. So I don't I don't really worry about that. I've, I have really never had a player uh, angry at something I've said on the air. If I say it's a pass he should have caught, these are professionals, and they will generally agree with you.
1: Yeah. How about uh, toughest stadium to uh, broadcast from? Used to be. Uh, the dump in
0: Washington, <laughs> FedEx Field, because we have an overhang, we can't see the scoreboard, we're in the corner of an end zone. That was the worst. Until Miami redesigned Hard Rock Stadium, and we're in a corner of the end zone, yeah. and a third of the field is cut out by the stands from where we are, so we have to watch a monitor for that game. We just watch it on television, really? you call it. Yeah, that's oh, that bad. You have and, to watch
1: it on TV and even though you're there.
0: Yep. That stadium, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's that bad. I mean, you may peak every now and then, but um, if, they, if they're in a certain 10-yard area. Yeah. But it's, it's not, it doesn't benefit the broadcasters at all. Terrible. I, I would have guessed Washington, U.S. Bank Stadium, from which I called the Super Bowl. Yeah. Corner of the, far corner of the end zone. So people say, were you nervous before Tom Brady threw that last pass that could have, now don't forget the Eagles were up by eight, not Seven, yeah, but but could have put the put could have put them in a position to win, and I say yeah, I was nervous, not about whether Brady would make that throw because I didn't think he had the arm strength. He's not Aaron Rodgers when it comes to throwing the hail mary. I was nervous, John, because I was in the corner of the end zone. And I didn't want to be the broadcaster who blew the call that ended the Super Bowl. So he went back and then he started forward. He kind of stumbled a little bit and he loaded up and he let it go. And I don't know why, but I will tell you, and this is the truth. Suddenly, I felt like I was watching NFL films and everything slowed down. And the ball went up, and it came down, and I watched every bit as it was batted around and into the ground, and I, and I saw every bit of it. It was maybe divine intervention, yeah. but I saw every every second of that, of that play. And when it hit the ground, I said, the game is over. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. And then I breathed a sigh of relief and just said, Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Let the celebration begin.
1: And that has got to be the number one (laughs) call. That would be the number one call. Now, Merrill, uh, there's never been a bigger win in the history of Philadelphia sports. The Eagles winning their first Super Bowl. It's the greatest Philadelphia sports moment ever. Now, if the Eagles go back to the Super Bowl this year and they're able to win another Super Bowl, how special would that be?
0: Nothing will be, ever be more special than what occurred on February 4th, 2018. Nothing could ever top that. But could it stand alongside of it? Could it be very, very special? Absolutely. But I'm not thinking about that. I'm not thinking about the matchup that I would like and you would like and we would all like a week from Sunday at 3 o'clock. But I'm thinking about only the Eagles, and the New York Giants, Saturday
1: night at 8.15. Wow, you sound like a coach. I like this. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh, when you were recounting some of those moments from 78, 1978, I'm thinking of that Sean McVay interview where he could remember the exact order of plays down and distance. I mean, are you still able to remember a lot of those plays yes. in order from the yes. 70s?
0: Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. I, I, I plead guilty to a photographic memory, which I've been blessed with, but yes.
1: All right, third and ten, Miracle at the Middlelands, the play before <laughs> Pasarczyk fumbled. Do you remember it? Yep. No, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> before, before he fumbled? Yeah. I think the play before that was he started into a kneel down, and then one of the Eagles came up aggressively and ran into him. And then they said, wait a minute, we, we're not going to just stand here and take this. And then he handed off. That was what caused the whole thing. They were angry that the Eagles were too aggressive. So there.
1: Wow. So, so that game specifically, you remember a lot of the plays?
0: I remember a lot of the plays of many games. Wow.
1: This is Wikipedia right here. But if in our Cindy presence. says to
0: me on the way home, pick up a quart of milk, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I forget. <laughs> You've got a guy's mind, right?
1: We remember the important stuff like sports. That's it. Yeah. Before I let you go, um, this year, Merrill, I was talking to Ray Dittinger about this year. Was this the best regular season in Eagles history? Where, where would this up till now rank? Well, they never won 14 before.
0: Of course, there was never a 17th yeah. game, but uh, this is right there. This is absolutely right there.
1: Wow. And there's a way to make it even more special. There is, but that has yet to come. <laughs> I love it. And you won't even say Cowboys. You won't even nope. say Eagles-Cowboys. That, that is to be determined. <laughs> TBD. You're great, Merrill. By the way, do you still do your routine? Every game day, I remember reading. Maybe you were in the bathtub, going over the notes, research.
0: <laughs> I, I do a lot of it, but the, the shower has replaced the duck in the bathtub. Okay, no more bathtub. <laughs> no more bathtub. Standing straight up. S- the same, but 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 the same pack, the same stack of pancakes that that I eat before. Because I, you'll never see me eating in the in the di- press dining room. Because once I get here, those pregame jitters begin, and they don't go away until my producer, Jim. McPeak taps me on the shoulder and off we go with the broadcast.
1: And then you're relaxed and And then then I'm in 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 a zone. zone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then I'm floating for the next three and a half hours.
1: But you go when you're taking your morning shower, you're going through all the possible things of the game. Yeah. And then
0: all week, Cindy calls out things like 23. And I'll say, gary brightwell or you know uh 31 matt Breida, and i'm not giving you the easy saquon barkley <laughs> or the 19 kenny Galladay,
1: yeah and then so on down the line she gives you the quiz all She'll week be yelling when i get home tonight that's great that's awesome meryl reese you're a legend <laughs> and uh i love the voice you know i remember uh coaches would say you know when they're walking down the street uh Mr. Moore, Jim Moore, he would hear playoffs. Do people <laughs> yell out things at you sometimes when they see it? Uh, yeah, they always seem to yell out.
0: The backs are in the eye. Really? <laughs> yeah. Not it's good. No, it's a well more the somehow they've they've picked up the backs are in the eye. <laughs> the backs don't go into the eye that much, so maybe it's good. You know, we'll yeah, be able a, hear that from time to time. They they do yell that out. I don't mean, huh? you you know that you've heard the old story. I've repeated it a million times about Angelo Cataldi on the morning show one time was having a contest, a Merrill Reese sound alike contest. And I came into the newsroom and I picked up the phone and I called the studio and I said, this is Joe from Havertown. And he he said, let me hear your impersonation. And I said, and I did a play. It was a pass play to somebody. And I finished third. <laughs> somebody, somebody else, but you know, lowered the voice about four act, you know, did the caricature. Right. That one.
1: You had to meet the two who beat you in the Merrill <laughs> Reese impersonation. I'd love to meet these people. I don't know. It was
0: so long ago.
1: That's amazing. Well, an incredible career, and so glad to hear you in your 46th season, and hopefully it ends. In another special way. Well,
0: uh, th- hopefully, this season ends in another special way. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned, I want to just keep doing this forever. That's awesome.
1: We hope you do. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. Thanks,